0: I friggin knew it. What did you know? I called it out. I said last week that the gameplay footage that we saw of Halo Infinite was not up to par with the next gen systems.
1: Well, it did look like it was on an Xbox 360.
0: Well, it did. And it turns out that uh, Microsoft and 343 Industries Studios must have heard our episode because they released a press statement saying essentially that they are excited and hope that people will or like people need to see the 4K assets and Mm -hmm. that essentially what they were showing wasn't exactly what Halo Infinite was going to look like. I feel like they were just doing damage control and um, I was right. And Microsoft was wrong. And that seems to be how they've been playing the whole thing. <laughs>
1: matter what time of day what time of night i hear this song my hands are up in the air and i am partying i am feeling better even though
0: microsoft's dis- broken us broken us yeah. yet again
1: it's the wrong company breaking us this time so no, guys, we had so many
0: so many hopes and dreams for the xbox and is-
1: yeah that and there's so much evidence that we are no longer biased towards one company yeah i mean what has nintendo done for us lately am i right
0: well They gave us Paper Mario. That game's not bad.
1: I mean, that's true. So first, before uh, we get any further, if you're new to us, this is the Scene on Screen podcast. I'm Sean. You got David. Yo. And (laughs) suck. (laughs) And we're just here to talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about, or in this case, whatever we have written down on the screen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This episode is... uh, We got a little mishmash of a few different things going on. We're going to touch on... Um, some new Nintendo news, um, a big topic this year with everything being kind of shut down is uh, everything's like all these big conferences and stuff like that have gone digital. So we're going right. to kind of discuss about that. Some of our games that we're looking forward to. Uh, we're at the end of July. Yeah, so summer's that, you almost know what that over. Means, yeah. means we got some new movies coming out next month surprisingly movie theaters have started to open up again in canada at least or in ontario i don't know what the rest of the provinces or the country is doing true
1: and And we've got some new games coming out yeah and as always we will give you our rankings for games that are coming out next month um and what we are going to do with them and we will stay away from our very favorite word game pass ultimate game pass ultimate bob dole but first did you hear that david I heard a sound. Did you hear that on our line? I think we, I think we need to check it. Listen very carefully. I just did a bad thing. I regret the thing I did. And you're wondering what it is? I'll tell you what I did. I did a bad
0: thing. Why you got to call me out like that?
1: Because I might as well start early. <laughs>
0: Why you what did you do this at? time? What did you? I, do? I bought another 3D printer, but this is a how, different how do kind. How you
1: still have a partner? Like, how has she not kicked you out?
0: Okay, so here's the thing. So I brought it home, and she was not happy. Right? <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. Like, why do you need this? And and I explained, like, oh, I got a deep discount, great deal. Honestly, I so I bought this printer. It's a it's an Elegoo. Mars. It's a resin printer. So instead of uh, printing from like FDM printers, take like a, a roll of plastic and melts it and prints it down like in a string on top of each other. A resin printer essentially uses UV light to cure liquid resin and it prints in like a vat of this resin. Anyway, so you can get some like really detailed prints from it. Um, so anyway, so I, uh, a guy online was, I guess I bought this and a whole bunch of stuff. Back in October, and um, I guess he got sick, and then never really used it. So it's been sitting in, in his apartment for the last few months, and he just decided to sell it. So ended up getting it for two hundred bucks.
1: Damn, that's a good deal.
0: Yeah, the printer alone was like three seventy. He bought it at like three. Yeah, it was like three seventy nine when he bought it. Plus, like bottles of resin, some UV lights, a whole bunch of stuff. Literally, literally saved hundreds of dollars. Um. So, yeah, I I bought that and, um, yeah, the girlfriend was not happy. And then she saw me wearing gloves and wearing a mask when I was filling the. (laughs) And she's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, yeah, this stuff's kind of (laughs) toxic. And she's like, what? What do you mean it's toxic? Then you proceeded Uh, to put the printer beside the bed? Uh, kind of. No, it's beside the other printer. So, um, so I'm like, it's fine. Like, you know, you're just not. It just kind of can smell a little bit, right? When when it's it's in a cover, right? So when it's printing, it's covered, it's, it's fine. But when you open it up, you can kind of get a waft of this resin smell, which can be irritating, and you shouldn't breathe it in. So anyway, so I open it up. I'm like, see, it just smells a little bit. And she started freaking out. So then she looked up resin. She's like, oh, my God, it's a carcinogenic. We're going to die. You're going to die soon. <laughs> and then she's like, look this university in like New Zealand printed a bunch of stuff in resin and then put it in a fish tank and then all the fish died. I'm like, well, we're not going to, I'm not going to be eating it.
1: You should have been like, I'm not going to put it in our fish tank. Yeah. And she's like, what fish tank? You're like the one I just bought.
0: And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> On all the saltwater fish that I, I bought with it. Yeah. So, you know, it, there was a little while where she was upset, you know, cause I bought another 3d printer and she wants a ring. Um, I, I, but I told her, I was like, I could print a nice detailed ring with this one if you really want. She was not happy with that response either. Um, so yeah,
1: how's, but... the, how's the, uh, the garage or the car for sleeping? Do
0: you guys like parking actually... in
1: a garage underground or is it just a parking lot?
0: <laughs> it's a parking lot. It's nice. Out. So, I, so I that... actually sleep on the lawn outside on our balcony. <laughs> no. So, so get this. So then the, she's in her room, just, I thought she was studying, but she wasn't. And then she she's calls me. She's like, David, come here. And I'm like, what? She's like, uh, you need to print this. And it's like a Pikachu. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, if you have the printer, you better print me some nice things. <laughs> so she's looking and at you all these, really
1: offered you a ring.
0: Yeah, she's looking at all these like cute little models of like Pikachu and like my neighbor Totoro and like different Pokemon and stuff like that. And so, yeah, she wants me to print stuff like that. So I think she's accepted it now that she can see the things that I can do with it, but I mostly got it for like tabletop stuff. So like miniatures and like board game stuff, because you can get some like crazy detail with this stuff. Um, I'll post a picture on our Instagram of the difference between what I printed with my FDM printer and what I printed same model, what I printed with this resin printer and it's night and day. It's like, when you're learning to color yeah, and um, FDM printing, like you can get some pretty good detail with it, but um, it's like the equivalent of missing the, the lines and you're kind of like drawing outside of the lines, but then the resin printers like when you've been practicing coloring and painting for a while and now you can draw and color within the lines. Makes sense. Yeah. So I've been uh, fiddling around with that, but yeah, that was my bad thing. So I'm not allowed to buy anything for a while now see that's why you just gotta
1: buy things slowly um Chrissa and i have been talking about buying a um well she wants a cricket machine because she's in two weddings next year and she wants to uh they're like uh they're doing a bunch of stuff for like the bridal or the bachelorette party and a lot of like these centerpieces and stuff yeah so they want to do that, and we were shopping for them. Like we were definitely like looking online and getting a little bit more deeper into it. And then I just started looking up laser etchers because I want one of those so badly. Because I, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you buy, let's say 20 bulk flasks at a hundred dollars, and then you laser etch a logo on them, you can or, sorry, $100 for 20 You can definitely sell each one of those flasks for $15. And I've discovered this, and I want to get into laser etching, like, water bottles and stuff like that.
0: Just um, to put your face on. No one's going to buy that.
1: No, not even that. Just um, we've been talking a little bit about getting into, like, some of the Etsy kind of stuff just to have, like, a, a little bit of a supplemental income. Like, because yeah. if we're going to buy a Cricut, we might as well utilize it for other things aside from somebody's wedding. And then it's just going to collect dust. Like we can only print on so many t-shirts.
0: Let me give you some advice as coming from someone who bought a cricket and has never gone, has gone down that rabbit hole. And I'm telling you right now, I'm still in that rabbit hole. Okay. So the best time to get them is around Christmas time because that's when they go on sale for the best price. So Christmas time, that's when you want to get it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, here's the problem. You end up looking at all of like the different vinyls and materials and stuff like that that you can use. I think after we bought it, we ended up buying the Easy Press, which is like their big iron thing for shirts and stuff like that. And then shortly after that, we ended up buying a uh, a case for it, and then shortly after that, we bought like the Easy Press Mini. It's like a really tiny one. And then we bought hundreds of dollars of different vinyls and stuff like that. And then Angela was looking on the Cricket website and was buying all of this like stuff that was on clearance, like the holiday packs from like a few years ago, like Star Wars stuff. Like, so we I'm looking at it right now. We have a. Like a cart, it's probably about three feet tall by maybe two feet wide. And like a foot deep kind of thing, right? Uh, and it, it is filled with different cricket stuff. <laughs> cricket stuff. And and there's more stuff that she wants to get that she – that we haven't really found yet, like different like cutting blades and stuff like that. But some of the things you can do is pretty crazy. Well, you know that shirt that I made you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that. I did that with the cricket. It's pretty cool. You can do some pretty crazy stuff. But it's, uh, it's definitely is a rabbit hole. But you yeah. seem to have like the good idea, um, where you can if you if you can try and make some money on the side by creating things. These the, the only thing with that is that you have to you have to find out what people want, right? You gotta find that like kind of niche market for things that people will buy. And that's kinda like what we're thinking of doing eventually once you know I'm done with school and and uh have a little more free time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could uh, go into business together. We should start a podcast.
1: Whoa, is that really meta? Because we talked about it (laughs) while doing it. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's something that we've definitely looked into. The only thing is like, I think I also just want a laser engraver to have a laser engraver.
0: Yeah, I've looked at laser gravers, too. And actually, I've looked at some that you can add on to the 3D printer. Um, It kind of like attaches to the like the print head type area thing and do that. I've looked into that, but I am getting a new one in a few months. So, okay, so (laughs) the one that I have now, I'm selling it and I'm buying another one that's like an upgraded model. So I'm not, like, really doing a bad thing. I've already discussed this with the significant other. Which you're...
1: Like, you have a laser engraver as well?
0: No, no, no. I want to get one, but I'm thinking of getting an attachment for the printer. Okay. Instead of having to buy a whole separate unit.
1: Um, The unit I saw wasn't too bad. It's still on Kickstarter, but it's no bigger than... Oh, I would say maybe... Uh, like the size of my keyboard,
0: like yeah, I think I've seen one. Yeah,
1: and it's it's about a foot and a half tall. You just you have it's a small loading dock, so you actually have to put something underneath it if you're trying to engrave something bigger. Yeah, but it does wood. It does metal. You'd be pretty stupid to do plastic, but you could do denim. I like, you could do plastic. But you just have to do it on a really light setting, right? And then you have to get like some sort of clear coat for it. Could but, you do um, skin? I think that would be a really bad idea. (laughs) I mean, it's no worse of an idea than having Animal Crossing come out with a new update.
0: That's a great idea.
1: That literally, (laughs) all it did was it gives you the ability to to go to sleep. Oh nope, sorry, you get to uh, you get fireworks and you get hell, man. It's more than just going
0: to sleep. It's more than just going to sleep. They're adding the dream dream town or whatever it is
1: multiple ones so you all you have to do is put like a diffuser in your town and then people can visit your town in their sleep yeah they had anything in your town
0: yeah but that was part of the um new leaf game as well
1: there's got to be a reward to go to somebody's town like if i want to just visit somebody's town and not take anything like that just it makes no sense
0: i don't i think there's a way that you can do things like uh, communicate with them there's got to be but for the most part from what i remember it's it's a way to kind of Visit other people's towns, see what they've done, explore. It's it's kind of cool. Like you can yeah, go your, to your a random town. Them too. Yeah, you can go well. to other towns and can see some crazy things. Like I I I don't know. It's it's just something else to do to the game. And I think what N- Nintendo's doing with Animal Crossing is like when they released it, there's a lot of things that they didn't have in the game that was a staple that had been part of the 3ds version for so long essentially since its release right yeah. um but i think what nintendo's doing with animal crossing is pretty smart instead of having everything in the game or like it is in the game they just kind of have to unlock it right with an update but instead of having everything all at once they're kind of trickling these updates every few months to um can get people to keep playing or bring people back now i can honestly say i haven't played it since the, the spring right um so i haven't even done like any of the swimming and stuff like that which was the, the beginning of july update mm-hmm. um but uh, i i'm i'm planning on you know picking it up again shortly and kind of taking it, it all in and hopefully my town isn't completely overrun by weeds and they're burning it down and stuff like that but uh, no, I think what Nintendo's doing is pretty smart. Like they're adding these things. The next update obviously is going to be um, in October. So like Halloween stuff. Um, I just hope that they add kind of quality of life updates. I mean, they did by giving you the ability to restart
1: your game because you now it will as of July 30th, you will or yeah, I think it's as of July 30th, you'll be able to back up your game.
0: Yeah, there's like a backup and restoration service and stuff like that, which is which is which is good, awesome,
1: especially for digital owners who might well, want just, to. Just anyone, anyone in general? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like the the save file on an all digital console, so like the why, why can't the Switch Lite versus like a Switch where you're only using the save file, it's not downloading the game to your console as well. I, I think the Switch Lite users would be a little bit happier knowing that they can remove the whole game from their system and not be penalized.
0: I think you're confused.
1: I think you're confused
0: because the switch Lite isn't an all digital system. It has a game card slot.
1: Sorry, you are totally <laughs> a thousand percent, right? Krista <laughs> bought her version digitally.
0: That's yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So, but like at the same time, sorry, a digital user. So if somebody doesn't have enough space on their, their switch and they wanted to remove the whole game, they're not going to be penalized anymore.
0: Right. Gotcha. Which
1: is golden. Now, speaking of Switch games, I know you and I both picked up uh, uh, an animated game, a Mario game, a flat game.
0: Paper mache? Mario? Paper mache game.
1: I have not played it yet. I have been far too tired. I haven't even been playing Call of Duty. But uh, I got it the other day after I returned a game to uh, the enemy. Uh, long story short, I bought a game that wouldn't work in my, my PlayStation, and I decided that I had um, the rights within seven days to return it. And they put up a little bit of a, uh, a fuss because of COVID, which I understand. I explained to them, and like it's lucky for me, I know the manager of that store. But I was just like, look, at the end of the day, I tried to play it. It didn't work. I tried to play it again. It didn't work. I didn't buy the warranty, but I have edge which is seven days so can i at least exchange it for something you don't have to give me my cash back they hemmed and hawed they're like okay but like the exchange has to be final sale it'll be just like any other time but they were they're like very adamant right now about not exchanging unless something's damaged i didn't know if the game was damaged or not i have a feeling i know what happened which is a relatively easy fix now that i've uh researched it but um, they I tried to buy digital content. They said, no, I had to take something physical out of the store, but I couldn't use it on board games or Funko
0: or toys. What? That doesn't make any sense.
1: I, uh, exactly. Like the return policy for this was so bizarre. Like it just it blew my mind how the interaction went. And they're literally I, just like-
0: making that shit up. If you return something to the store and they're giving you credit, you can use that on anything.
1: Yeah, essentially, maybe, he wanted,
0: maybe like digital content is different because I know like at my work, um, we can't use store credit towards like prepaid cards and stuff like that. But I
1: think that's what it was, because I was going to buy next um, season season pass for Call of Duty, which is 25 bucks. So I could have bought the seasons pass and I would have twenty like nine dollars left or something in store credit. So I was just going to buy like an extra um, like a Microsoft points card. Or a Nintendo Points card, just in case I wanted to buy something. Like, sometimes, you know, when Microsoft puts movies on sale for, like, 99 cents, and you're like, I don't want to spend 20 bucks, I can buy a digital copy here. Yep. Like, I always like to have a little bit of cash in the the Microsoft Reserve. For a rainy day. So, I ended up picking up Paper Mario. I just haven't been able... Like, I just haven't had enough time to, like, actually try it. But
0: are you enjoying it so far? So, from what I've played now, I've only played maybe two or three hours into the game just because um,
1: that's a pretty good chunk though.
0: Yeah. Like, but I I'm taking my time doing exploring and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it now. I know that in our, one of our previous episodes, we kind of talked about the battle system and we're hoping that it was, we were hoping that it would kind of reach back to the roots of paper Mario and be more of a traditional RPG. Uh, I have to say it isn't, exactly what we wanted but i think the way that they've kind of uh updated the system or the gameplay it's close enough so you don't gain at traditional experience points as you know older rpgs and just other rpgs in general um you get coins like you get a shit ton of coins in the game so then you use the coins to either like in battle you can use coins to to boost your or, or to give to toads that you save throughout the game. And uh, they kind of support you in battles based on mm-hmm. how, many, uh, how many coins that you give them. Um, but then also you essentially use your coins to buy accessories and weapons, and that boosts your stats. So there isn't a traditional level-up system, but you can increase your stats based off of the equipment that you have which is a very common RPG element anyways, right? Um and I think I think it makes sense though in the Mario universe because Mario is just a guy, a plumber, right? And it's not necessarily that he's getting stronger as he goes through these games uh in a traditional sense, but he is buying and collecting more items which then are stronger towards enemies. Yeah. Right, so I think that that works. It makes sense. Um, there's it, the game looks great. Honestly, I I am very I'm not surprised, but I'm also impressed with how the game looks. Um, well, like, did you play Color Splash on um, the Wii U? Probably not. Nobody did. No. Um Like my that Wii U looked, had
1: six games, maybe uh, maybe less. Yeah,
0: uh, that game looked great. Um, so this one looks very similar, you know, and, and Nintendo's assets are... And I think you had mentioned um, it, the world looks a lot like um, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yes. Like very similar assets. And I I, I can see that. Um, but it's also different developers. So we, who knows? Um, I'm sure a few things are, are taken, you know, in between games and stuff like that. But... It, it does feel like it's its own world, its own universe. And the story so far is pretty good. It makes sense. I like it. There's there's a lot of humor in it already. Um, so I'm excited for you to start it because. I don't know, I, I, I wasn't expecting you to get Paper Mario TBH. Um, to be
1: honest, if. Oh, and like this is full, full honesty. The games I would have traded the show for if available. Our two games we're going to discuss later. One would have been Madden. Um, yeah, we know. Mainly, well, it's because, like to, to be honest with you, if it's a sports game, it's going to be something that I'm going to play all year long. I've been craving sports for months. Now that COVID's kind of let up a little bit, we're getting sports on TV again. So like I, I've, I've chilled a little. But it was going to be that or PGA 2K because that game looks unbelievably outstanding if you like a golf game or a golf sim that's a little bit more in depth than just like whack the ball whack the ball whack the ball you actually have to work for your sponsorships and stuff like that um i was looking at that i thought about pre or like putting it on a pre-order for a few different games but eb now on this is just the thing i find funny is they used to require you to pay five dollars for any pre-order But the guy was like, do you want to pre-order the Avengers? you want to pre-order this, that, and the other thing? I'm like, oh, maybe. He's like, well, Avengers comes with a beta. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he goes, you can do it for $0. I was like, wait, what? I can just pre-order random stock to your store, and if I don't pick it up, you can just sell the copy? That's crazy. But that also gives them the ability to sell more copies. So I think it kind of works out in the end because they're banking on people forgetting to cancel their pre-orders, right? i would assume that would be what it's doing
0: right huh interesting Uh,
1: did you not know that no i didn't so yeah like i was thinking about it i was just like this makes a lot of sense because like you know when you get that call from eb and it's like your game's coming in you're like okay fuck yeah i've already put money down gotta pay for the rest and then i can pick up the game that was kind of like the whole idea of the exchange you guaranteed yourself a copy But if it's a $0 game and you just decide you don't want it anymore and you just did it for the pre-order bonus, which companies are giving you codes and DLC, or not necessarily DLC, but cosmetics at the till. Like I remember pre-ordering. I want to say it was Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Mm -hmm. They gave me a medallion. They gave me a poster and they gave me a DLC code. So that would have been for the 360, right?
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: So they gave they gave me a DLC code when I pre ordered it two months before the game came out. So they, I already owned the DLC, a cool looking medallion which I have somewhere, and a poster. And now they're just like, "Oh yeah, we're we're just going to give you access to the beta. We want you to try the game. We don't care if you pay for it." <laughs> like we, like it was just so weird to me. It was a very foreign concept.
0: Huh? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to pre-order this on Amazon. Cause I'm going to get the beta access. <laughs> and then after I get the code, I'm just going to cancel it.
1: Are Is uh, for the Avengers.
0: Yeah. What system are we going to do it on? I guess. Xbox. Uh,
1: Xbox. Yeah. My, my PS4 um, needs to go into the repair shop. I, I figured out uh, for, for our faithful listeners. Um, actually, I have, I have the perfect sound for this did a bad thing I'm not gonna play the whole thing
0: again um,
1: <laughs> no, no no so for our listeners um David what is the one thing you're supposed to do if you're moving and you have
0: consoles what are you put supposed the, to do put them back in their original boxes that you've saved in the closet for the last 10 years
1: yo my dad hates that I do that by the way like he's like why do you have TV boxes like obviously my new TV I couldn't keep the box but um, what do you, what is the one thing you're supposed to do when you're like packing it into the box?
0: Uh, well, you take uh everything, you disconnect everything, and make sure that there's no disc in the drive.
1: What? You 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 do what?
0: You done goof, didn't you?
1: I did not. I had help packing some of my stuff, and uh, the movie it's complicated, st- starring Meryl Streep. Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. I've been telling this story a lot, so it, it, it's getting better and better as I do it. Um, that movie stayed in the disc drive of my PS4 through multiple packs, or what well, was packed into the moving van in Toronto, made its way all the way down to Kitchener, so not too far. That's, a, that's an hour and a bit from where we were living to where we live now. Mm-hmm. Uh, upstairs, the box probably got flipped over 20 times easily. And all of a sudden when I bought the last of us, it said unrecognized disc. So I updated the PS4, worked perfectly fine. Then I bought the show, did it again, put back in the last of us, did it again. Now I, uh, like, so I've done all the updates to get it fixed. It costs like 15 bucks. Essentially they just have to take the lid off it and, there's like a little ring that goes around the disc drive or something. Yeah. It doesn't cost a lot to fix.
0: Why can't you just do it yourself?
1: Because I'm not going to take it apart and then try and trade it in and void the warranty or anything. Well, I guess there wouldn't be a warranty left on it anyways. Yeah. But I mean, for what it's worth, like, because I intend to trade it towards my next gen console. Um, It's just got to play a game when I take it to the store. That's true. And like... I know as well as you know, when you go to a store and a disc doesn't read, whoever's doing it is going to throw the disc back in. And that's perfectly fine by me. It usually works on the second go. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, most places I know of anyways, when they trade things in, refurbish stuff. And I I like to believe that's how it stays. But, yeah, we did a bad thing. Uh, A movie somehow didn't get cleared out. I honestly think it was a big miscommunication. I asked if the disk drive was empty. I asked if the button was hit. And then I left the room. I don't know if it was done. It got unplugged. We put it away. That was it. But back to video games. I mean, that was a video game story. But was that even you... your
0: fault? That I feel like that's not even your fault.
1: No, it's not. But I, I don't. I, I, I'm trying not to blame. <laughs> I, totally, just...
0: I totally put the blame on your significant other.
1: Okay, I just sent you a link to a trailer, okay? Now I'm going to tell our listeners what we're about to talk about. So, the Fast and the Furious Crossroads game that is launching in August has a day one update with a file size as large as the game. Take that in. Like, it's not like Call of Duty that's just going to re-update itself, delete itself, and like you're doing an 80 gig update, but it's just deleting the original 80 gigs that it had. Uh-huh. That's essentially this, what it
0: is. It's a it's a just you're re-downloading the entire game.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I love this line. On the official website, uh, Xbox website, it's mentioned that Fast and the Furious Crossroads will now support 4K UHD HDR on the Xbox One X, but there's still no listing for the game. So it's impossible to tell whether or not the digital pre-sale will include these features. <laughs> okay. The trailer I just sent you. If you just peruse through it, even if for a few seconds, does that not look like a game that's not ready to be on a PS4 or Xbox One? Oh, it
0: didn't even look ready when they first showed it.
1: Yeah, and that's like the latest trailer, or one of the latest trailers. So my question to you, because this game looks actually like a potato, and I feel bad because like I wanted to try this game so badly because I just love the Fast and the Furious universe so much it's uh it's something that's kind of grown important to me over time because it was something my family watched and my brother really enjoyed it so it's like it's like a movie series that i'm just sticking through but I, I enjoy the movies as well but this makes me ask the question to you david and the rest of our listeners should developers put less content on the disc now allowing for a faster day one download and giving like given the fact that most games that you purchase now have day one updates that are between 50% to i'd say a healthy 90% of the storage size um required for the game you're already doing that update. So for Fast and the Furious as an example, you're going to install the game and then it's going to update right away. So let's say the game is a healthy 80 gigs like most games. Actually, you know what? This game's probably going to be more in the I'd say
0: 40 it's like to 60 gigs. 35 to 40.
1: Yeah, so we'll say it's 40. 40 is not terrible. But you're going, to, you're going to install a 40 gig game, which is going to take you probably 10, 15 minutes. And then you're going to download... 40 gigs worth of an update, and then install it.
0: Like, okay, I mean, But I don't get how having less content on the disc would equal a smaller download on day one.
1: Well, I'm kind of motivated by the whole new Sony PlayStation Activities model that they're trying, where they're going to allow certain parts of the game to be playable right away. When you install it.
0: Yes, but okay, that's stupid because it's just right reading off the disc. That's all it's doing. Yes, but mm-hmm. games used to do that. Yeah.
1: I know reading off a disc is slower and it's archaic. However, in most situations, like I know Xbox offers it a lot with like EA games, right? So when you're installing the game, or I should say EA offers it more, but I just noticed it on my Xbox. When you're installing like an NHL. When you put the disc in, it gets to like 12% and it says, Do you want to play? And all you can play is the first, like, it's like a demo game from the, the Stanley Cup final from last year. Yeah. But that's enough to keep you busy until the game's downloaded. Could you not theoretically, instead of having like an install disc and a gameplay disc, I mean, some games require that install disc and for massive, massive titles, I get it. Like Red Dead Redemption 2. 1,000% One thousand percent needed that second disc. Have you played that game? It is incredibly massive, and you have to get across it on a horse. The Last of Us Two, mind you. Sure, it's beautiful, but I don't think I, I can't see the justification for it needing a second disc based on the fact that, like, I don't think the game is a ten out of ten or a nine out of ten. I've played now like seven or eight hours into this game. It's a solid seven or eight at best.
0: Well, here's the thing though: is if they release the game with a second disc, then it requires a smaller download, right? Because not only are you not downloading, well, then you're only downloading any update patch or any patch files, right? But you're not having to download game assets. Now, this is something that is happening a lot with uh, the Nintendo switch, right? Because the cartridges are currently only a, a certain size, right? Like Nintendo's only manufactured, um, the, the cartridges up to, I think it's like 16 gigs or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of games even only come out on like a, on an eight gig, uh, cartridge. So with a lot of games, you, you have to download a portion of the game. So one for that, I know for sure was, uh, I believe NBA 2K19 and yeah, you can put the cartridge in the game or in the system, but you still have to download the rest of the game. Same with uh, the Bioshock, or not Bioshock, um, Borderlands Collection. It has, you know, like the first portion of Borderlands on there, but you have to still download the rest of the game. So Nintendo can can solve that problem by just creating cartridges with larger stores, right? But with the Xbox and the PlayStation, they're limited to essentially like they could do um high density disc which would have i think over 100 gigs or it would be about 100 gigs on there but those are super expensive and they're actually more they're a lot more delicate so they're just putting these games these huge games instead of having people like okay we're gonna install the game off the disc but then you still have to download 40 gigs of the game assets um then you you just install the whole game off of two discs. Mm-hmm. The advantage of that being that you don't need internet access to be able to play the full game, right? Like if they were to just release the game with half the, the game assets on there and then you had to download it, well, if you didn't have internet access or if your internet was super slow, you won't be able to play the game, right? So I think... I think moving forward, we're going to start seeing more multi-disc games where there's an install disk and then the game disk, which is also just another install disk.
1: Which, you know what, I'm fine with. It's that anticipation of, and you're going to see it when the new consoles drop, right? Like, let's say Cyberpunk is a huge example, right? Because we're all anticipating that Cyberpunk is going to simultaneously launch around the same time because we know that date. Which was a very odd date to move everything to. We know that that game is going to have one hell of a an update for the PS5 and the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X, which they got to rename, by the way. I'm not over it, but they got to rename it. Um, unless you're selling the game with two discs, you're still going to have a massive like day one update. And that's, I think, the problem I'm starting to have with these games as well, especially like, I mean, we're incredibly lucky in Canada because in most cases, your Internet's either unlimited bandwidth or 500 gigs. There's there's like it's fewer far between that you have less unless you're on like a really moderated, like low plan for low usage. So even if you have a 500 gig a month bandwidth, you're not cooking through that, even if you're an avid gamer playing eight hours a day. Like it's 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 close, but like I think the most Internet myself and Chrissy use in a month once was like 700 gigs. Well, you got to get on
0: that. I think I average like well over a terabyte.
1: But like you're are you downloading a lot of content? Oh, yeah. Like we're not. We're just like we're we use like Netflix and stuff a lot. And like it's it's gone up significantly. I haven't actually checked since we moved here because now we're wired into like we have our smart TV wired in. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually looked at the bandwidth of what just the television has done. And like I use my Xbox probably five nights a week. There's laptops. There's our computers. There's like, but we're not downloading a ton.
0: I wonder so, what, if I can find my.
1: So with that being said, like I just. Like I think we're very fortunate. If you look at the United States, there are people and like especially with net neutrality still happening in the states because of the incredible leadership that you guys have down there. I'm so sorry.
0: Okay, so my from uh in the last month from June 29th to July 29th. Take a guess at what my monthly traffic is for my entire network.
1: All right. Well,
0: that's that's 30 days one month
1: uh well because you've mentioned that you probably go over a terabyte you're probably at like
0: 1.2 uh 2.0 or actually t- 2,100 gigs almost spot on
1: but what are you doing like you're downloading a. Lot, are you downloading a lot of bad things like movies and tv shows
0: no, a lot of it's uh, games. Like I'll update all my console games at once or I'll, like I'll download um, Game Pass games
1: um, oh, but yeah, stuff on so Steam.
0: Like- there's there's a ton of, you know, f- streaming going on either like Disney Plus, Netflix, stuff like that. But that's the thing. There's only two of us in this apartment. So that's.
1: I, 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 I think I-, I
0: consume media more like we consume media more than the average person, I would say. And our our monthly traffic. Yeah.
1: I'm going to take a look at my internet in a second. Um, The only other thing that I would say on this topic is when I look at, like, that, I think that's the most frustrating thing for a lot of basic, or not even basic gamers, but, like, avid gamers is, like, especially with the midnight launch now, like, you stay up all day and you get so excited to play Halo Infinite and then you have a two, like an hour download when you get home because the game has to download then the game has to update. And I understand that day one always has to update games, but like throw people a freaking bone, do something different.
0: Yeah, like you should be able to preload updates for games that you don't own. Um so say you are buying Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. physical, right? You should be able to go to the store and preload or download game updates um in advance so that they're on your system already when you have the disc. So then all you have to do is put, pop the disc in, install the game and then you're good to go. Cuz I with especially with the uh, Xbox, I find that if you download the game updates while it's installing the game, it goes like twice as slow.
1: And just for the record, I used 1.4 terabytes last month. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. And we weren't even home the whole time. (laughs) So there's a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, that's where I'm at right now. I just I'm finding it more and more frustrating as somebody who's buying like titles. Like I even remember like The Last of Us, I like. Krista got it for me and I was super excited and I like I installed it I was like I want to sit down when the sun goes down because like the where where our good like the the big tv is I'm like, like I don't have my playstation on my monitor so I was like okay I'll play it on the tv but I had to wait for sun the sun to go down or you get that like weird reflection mm-hmm. so and it's a darker game but I started downloading the game at eight o'clock On my internet. And I have really fast internet. And so the game did its whole download off the disc, which was perfectly normal. And that took about 30 minutes for the the disc download and install. And then there was probably a 20 minute wait for the download and the install of the update. And it really pissed me off. And I got the game after the first patch too, which made it a little bit more difficult.
0: Right. I don't know. I think, um, they they gotta do something about uh digital content because I think they're they're pushing it more. And with uh Game Pass and uh PlayStation Now, you know, being able to download games digitally and having it more accessible for people at a lower price point, you know, more things are gonna go digital. And for for people who go completely digital, it's not that big of a deal, right? Because you're you're downloading the game and the patches all at once. Yeah, But there's still going to be a lot of people that buy physical. I, I still personally prefer buying a physical game over a digital one. I do have a pretty massive digital library, but that's because a lot of times you can get some really good sales on uh, digital games. But I will always prefer to purchase a game physical. Um, and it's the thing is they, they, they can't alienate their those gamers, the people that buy the physical discs. um. But, yeah, like like I said, they, they got to do something to make it so that you can pop a game in and play it instead of having to wait you know a half hour to download and install. Those are the I, good old I days of the, those are the good old days of like the Xbox and the PS2 and the GameCube, you know. all you had was a loading screen.:
1: Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that like, and I, I know Infinity Ward is so bad for it. I mean, Activision. In itself is bad for it too, but with call of duty, I kinda wish do you remember when like I know Windows operates very differently than a lot of other um, operating systems, but if you were ever replacing files, you'd have the ability to just click you "No, know, keep that one, keep that one like you you could say no to any files that you didn't want overwritten. Right. I don't know why. And I might be way off base here, and this could be just me not understanding why it doesn't work this way. But why can't games like Call of Duty, like because it's coming, guys, August 5th, there's a massive update coming and it's going to take you 30 minutes. It's going to be like
0: 86 gigs.
1: Yeah, but it's 86 gigs because it takes your save file on Blizzard Activision and it just holds it. Or not even your save file, because all of your content is online, because it's multi-console. If you re- if you log into your Activision account, you can do it anywhere, or your Blizzard yeah. portal, or how yeah. they call it. But that 86 gigs is because it's deleting the entire file off your Xbox and just overwriting it. Why can't it just be like file 1 through 1322? Those files are all correct. Let me just like swap in and out. Like, I don't know why. Well, so, so the thing is, is
0: that come up with that, that's usually what they do, right? When you download a, a patch, it is like a small patch. Like So say your game is 45 gigs, but then there's a big update and it's four gigs. Well, it's only replacing certain files. The thing was with Call of Duty and Activision is they don't understand the concept of compression. And I get it all. All. In, in this day and age where we want high quality assets and everything, you know, you don't want compression, but when you're transferring files, then yes, absolutely. You want something compressed so that it cuts down on the file size. Um, no, obviously we don't understand the ins and outs of how the um, PlayStation and Xbox, you know, deal with um, decompressing files and updates and installing that stuff. Um, but yeah, they can definitely like the PlayStation 3 is a prime example where you had to download uh the patch file, it downloaded it separately, and then it installed it separately, right? So yeah. you essentially need to double the space of the patch file in order to um install it. Now, what I've noticed with these ones is like the Xbox. For example, um, when you download the the patch, it's like downloading it to the game at the same time. So it's not necessarily it's it. As far as I can tell, it's not downloading a separate update file. It's downloading and replacing files as it goes. And I think um, with Call of Duty, because it it does look good. It is a very good looking game, but because everything is so it's uncompressed, such high quality assets, they haven't figured out a way, or maybe it's not possible on the Xbox and the PS4 to download a patch in one format and then decompress it or convert it to another format that's needed for the game to play. Or they're just, they don't care. And that's probably what it is. They just don't care. They think this is, This is probably what they think. How can we get more people to play Call of Duty? Well, let's make the game so freaking big that there's not enough space for them to install anything else on their system.
1: Man, it's so frustrating because it's Sophie's choice when you're trying to figure out what you need to correct for an update.
0: Yeah. It's... uh, I, I think the future of gaming will be very interesting in regards to downloads and updates and stuff like that. And if... Like with Fast and Furious, back to what that was, um, it's not the first time that it's happened, right? It could very be very well be the same situation that we've seen in past games, where the game has just been completely broken, but they've already like they they're they have to release it, right? Because their investors want their money, so they release the game, um, or they send the disc the game out to be pressed, um, and then they are still working on it so they really have no choice but to release a massive day 1 update which is essentially just the entire game hopefully yeah, no. we don't see that as much i i think hopefully we'll see you know developers or or publishers allowing developers to take the time to create the games that they want to create and polish them to an acceptable level right like otherwise we're going to get games like anthem over again where I don't get me wrong. I enjoy Anthem. I, I think it's fun shooter to play from time to time, but it did not live up to the promise because they were rushed to release it.
1: Boy, were they ever
0: same thing with, um, mass effects andromeda, right? Different, different division of Bioware new team, but then they were rushed to release it. And then that game was a, just a big clusterfuck when it was released, right? Fallout 76 yeah let's just not talk talk about about that that
1: game yeah (laughs) um what we can talk about though is a, a new way of thinking in the industry and it's it's coming to be a little bit more to light that we may not need an a a big social gathering event like e3 when you can watch it online i did some digging and some sleuthing today david and uh, Sleuthing. I did. I, I I put on my super sleuth hat and I uh I looked for traffic based off of GameSpot, IGN, and the brand, um the specific brands YouTube. I left out um for obvious reasons, like websites like C uh CNET and um I can't remember the other one. Gamefly, because they would show some presentations but not others. There would also be a lot of like one-off brands that would maybe do like third-party people to like EA or Ubisoft that would do their own thing. Numbers are an incredibly interesting thing. And here's a little bit of what I took in today. So I went over the four main companies that we've seen this year. So Xbox, Microsoft, Xbox, Sony, Ubisoft, and EA. And the traffic numbers are quite interesting for watching the live presentations um in 2018 you had xbox have 6.7 million watches over those three channels sony just beat it out at 7 million ubisoft 780 or uh, 784,000 and ea 804 uh, 42,000 okay not bad numbers i think that's pretty respectable while the show's running the fact that you have 6.7 or 7 million viewers just tuning in to watch a PlayStation um, presentation. Why? I couldn't think of the word. Go to 2019, a little bit more interesting because last year Microsoft did their big ta-da and they had cyberpunk and all these other things on stage. They had um, they had a bunch of crazy stuff and their number jumped up to 10.2 million. Sony took a hit last year because of that weird presentation they did <laughs> Um, But they still, off the three channels, did 8.9 million views. Now, I took the raw views from the first three days. So I I kept it from the time the presentation happened to three days later. So the end of E3. Ubisoft, respectable 900,000, and EA, 1.1 million. Now, EA last year did that interactive uh, Playhouse, which was really cool because it was like, what, a three-hour presentation? And they did things with the developers. They did, and most of the traffic, from what I could tell, came from the hour-long Sims thing. Uh But the numbers get more interesting this year. There's literally a discrepancy of 300,000 between Microsoft and Sony at 18.9 million and 19.2 million. Like, that's incredible viewership. Now, the one thing I will say about Xbox, which you have to take into consideration... Is Microsoft's show this year was in two parts. So I only took the last part. I didn't take any of the data from the first shows, mm-hmm. like the third party one. Ubisoft did 1.4 million, and EA, for some strange miracle, had 2.1 million. Now, I think a lot of these numbers this year are attributed, like you're looking at what? 75% growth on all these numbers? Essentially, yeah. Um, EA doubled their eyeballs. But a lot of this has to do with the fact that they all had presentations when everybody was bored out of their fucking minds. Like, they all had presentations within COVID. The more respectable thing here is the fact that Xbox had their presentation three weeks after all of Ontario, or all of Canada anyways, is pretty much back to work unless you work inside like a a dining establishment, a movie theater or an amusement park, you're working again. So they're like their eyeballs on a Thursday were like, and I, I again used a three day window to get this data, but those eyeballs are incredibly impressive. Even if people were waiting till Saturday to watch it or Thursday night after work Mm -hmm. where Sony had the whole world shut down. Like they were right in the heart of the pandemic as was Ubisoft And EA, I mean, I'm embarrassed that I watched the EA show because it was so bad. And the Ubisoft one, the only thing I couldn't get data from was the Uplay because they didn't actually put any information up. But that 1.4 could easily be 2 million to 3 million because they were offering people Watch Dogs 2 if they logged into Uplay and watched it on Uplay, like from their console or their computer.
0: So I want to kind of point out The numbers from 2018 were pretty low in comparison to 2020. Now, back in 2018, there was only rumors of uh, the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X. Was that announced in the
1: 2018 one? I think it was like I think it was like speculated
0: yeah so there wasn't really any expectations of any big announcements going on, right? But you'll probably notice if you if you were to look at the numbers um, going back years, I bet you'll see this where you know every few years we have a lull um, or lower numbers in viewership, and then right around the time when console reveals are in the air a flutter that's when you're going to start see an increase in viewership because that's what people want to see people want to see the next new console so i think with um you know 2019 you have uh, 10.2 million viewers for the xbox one and 8.9 million viewers for the playstation so the 10.2 million viewers in 2019 that's when microsoft um was was talking more about the Xbox Series X or uh, revealed it, right? Like it was pretty much confirmed that they were doing that. Mm -hmm. But Sony was still, you know, mum on the subject of the PlayStation 5. And now this year, not only do you have like there's a global pandemic going on. So a lot of people were at home, not doing much, even though, you know, like you said, people are kind of back to work now and stuff like that, but not everyone, right? Like a lot of people are reduced hours, Right. Like, are working from home. Working from home. So people I think are more have have more time to watch. And maybe not even watch it live, but at least watch it the same day or a few hours later or whatnot. Right. Like, but they they are able to consume that. So I think the numbers this year are greatly inflated, in part because of that, but also this is was the year that everyone like we're we've been waiting months just for a specific like an exact release date and price of the series x on the playstation 5 right and both of these most recent um both of one sony's um announcement video and microsoft's most recent one we were expecting at least a release date but we didn't get that um I think the big thing for Sony this year was that this was the, the video where they were showcasing the PlayStation 5 stuff. Like, yeah. And this is the first time that we were seeing anything from the PS5, let alone the console itself, where Microsoft showed the console off a long time ago. So I think that is a, a big factor to the increase in numbers. Um, I, I think on all digital event is a very viable option but with e3 it is the biggest um like electronics gaming convention in the world it always has been it's been the thing for developers to kind of showcase what's coming out i think if we were to go to a completely digital one um it would lose that sparkle right what what makes e3 such a E3 is a dream for a lot of people to go to, you know, we grew up and we would, I don't even like, it's kind of crazy to think that we would still find ways to watch what was on E3, whether or not it was on TV, on like tech TV or G4.
1: Oh my God, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, you know, in the dawn of, um, you know, the, the internet and streaming and stuff like that, being able to watch it on you know, Nintendo's website when they started doing that or, like, on GameSpot and stuff like that.
1: This Um, is how most people or actually more guys knew about Olivia Munn before girls did. (laughs) And, like, it's so funny because, like, she gets brought up all the time. She successfully moved from gaming to acting, but she was, like, she was the heartthrob. Like, every guy loved that girl.
0: Times have I, changed. I, I digress, but <laughs> well but
1: anyways, you know what I mean though, right? Like she was like the big IGN reviews yeah, on the run.
0: Yeah. But like so essentially, like what I'm saying though is that you know we have progressed more to a time period where we are able to watch things digitally, but as we were growing up, like you want to go to E3, right? still yeah yeah i want to go to e3 all of my friends growing up wanted to go to e3 and it was this like elite you know media only event for so many years and then they opened it up to the public and then it was like oh man like this this could actually happen we can go to e3 one year and then it went to to media only again right cuz they were like oh it's turning into too much of a show it's it's more about you know sh- it, it was becoming like a car show kind of thing with, you know, right. the bikini girls and um, giving away swag and stuff like that. Trying to win your customers over with, you know, merchandise and giving things away rather than having, you know, games and stuff like that to talk about. So then they yeah, kind of made a it smaller. Media. And that's kind of what, yeah, that's kind of why Nintendo pulled out of doing the actual conferences like the the big presentations and they went to just digital it worked for them you know because they can do smaller nintendo directs they can do them whenever they want they still do their e3 stuff they still do treehouse live and all that and and e3 you know that time of year is when they still do their big announcements but we still get updates throughout the year so you're not waiting as long to get big announcements for nintendo stuff um and i think isn't as big as a deal nowadays because uh, it is so much easier to access this information online, streaming it on YouTube and other websites. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of those things that I think it is a staple of the gaming industry and gaming community that if E3 were to go completely digital, I think it would, it would lose what made it special and it would just become lost in the sea of, you know, advertisements and trailers and other, you know, updates from websites and companies. You
1: you are not wrong. I mean, I looked at E3 as like, um, both ticket sales and overall traffic. Right. And it is declined every year by anywhere from five to 10,000 patrons. Now, don't get me wrong. I know recently they've gone back to like the whole media and, the what 15,000 lucky people who can win trips into E3. Right. So that kind of thing. But like one of the reasons I do this podcast, surprise, surprise or something in it for me is David and I want to go to E3 and we want to represent a, the podcast, but we also want to go to the experience. I've had the taste Numerous times, I've been very, very fortunate to go to a bunch of different gaming events. I know David got to come to one that we did, I think it was X16 or 15 that we went to. Uh,
0: 15, I believe.
1: Um, and that was like a little taste, so they did like little showcases, but like I've been to like some Nintendo ones, I've never been invited to a Sony one, but the like that's literally what it's all about. And when you go in there and you get that swag, you feel kind of cool because you've got stuff that the media was offered. Mm-hmm. And nobody else had the ability to get or, um, like I guess play first. Like, I know you and I take great pride in knowing that we were some of the first people to touch like Cuphead and Recore. Like, we got to play that before a lot of people. And, um, fuck, there was Gears 4, we got to play a bunch of stuff. Like, we, yeah, <laughs> we played Halo against Master Chief, it was pretty
0: dope, yeah. And that's the thing is it's that's that's the experience that I think needs to continue because it gets people excited. Right. When we finished that, I remember like because we posted some stuff online and we had a, a lot of community engagement with people that wanted to go. Right. And we were just, you know, we're just average guys. We, we do this for fun. And um, we were lucky enough to have some contacts and connections that got us in there. Right.
1: We had but, the best day. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was
0: awesome. And, um, you know, then afterwards being able to interact with just, you know, average gamers, other people who just wanted to know what we saw, how it was, and kind of, Get that experience, like live vicariously through us, like through what we were doing, and that is what a big part of these conferences are. You know, for the people, for people in media and in industry and stuff like that, being able to share their experiences. And when you know you read an article or you get a talk with someone who was there or watch a video, and you can see their excitement, whether it's not whether it's through like the words that they type or. How they talk about it, you know, that's the important part, because we can all watch video and, you know, sitting sitting on our couch watching, you know, another Apex Legends update. Right. And be mm-hmm. like, OK, whatever. But when you're there and you see a or like, say, um, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right, that was a pretty big announcement. I think if that was live in a studio, people would be like way more excited. But we're all at home just watching. And I think like, you know, if we'd see somebody send you a message, be like, yeah, this looks cool. Right. But when you see it live, it's completely different. Right.
1: Yeah. And you're right. Like I remember the one thing I was going to mention about Sony. I want to say it was 2019 when they showed that video from The Last of Us 2. And you could just hear the crowd being like, what the fuck and then they like moved everybody to a different yeah. theater right after they were yeah. so confused and like that was so it was raw because like nobody expected it to happen that way um really quickly before we move on i mean i know we're talking about the swag and the experience and like i i would never advocate for E three to go away because of course i want to go um like I, I know you've only been to like one or two events, but there was one thing that I'll always remember is a, <laughs> I did two really bad. Well, I did one really bad thing and one really funny thing. So I was talking to a developer of Skylanders and he was telling, showing me all about like how the, the launch pad, you could take two different characters and put them together. So you put the legs of one on the body of another and whatever. And he gave me a little Skylander that's not playable in the game. And it was like um it was the copy of the one that was in the Macy's Day Parade. I have that still in a box and mm-hmm. like I'm I'm upset that like the box got a little bit damaged, but it's like one of the coolest things I have. Because like I had a good interaction with him. He's like, Hey, do you want this? I was like, What is it? And he was like telling me about it. He's like, Do you play Skylanders? And I'm like, No, not really. Like I I mean The only proprietary games that I've owned are Infinity and uh, Lego. But he was like, I want to give you this. So, like, he had a bunch of different ones. But he was trying to pick, based off your personality, what one. And I thought that, like, that really stuck out to me. And then (laughs) there was this other thing. And I did a real bad thing. So, uh, I forget how to pronounce his last name. But his name is Sean Rashmander. He's one of the big producers at EA, specifically at NHL. And I sat down at a booth and I was playing NHL and I was playing with somebody that I, I met at the event at the time. And I'm just talking so much shit. And I didn't realize that <laughs> the producer was behind me. I was like this fucking game. Like, and like, I, I understand because like I was talking to the, this other guy that I met, um, you met him before uh, Cody. Yeah. Um, so we're talking. I'm like, oh, man, I wish they would fix this and not walk people through this game like they were friggin' babies. Like, I know what a goddamn offside is. I've been playing hockey since I was five. And he comes up. He's like, would you like to tell me anything else I can fix about my game? And I'm pretty sure I went white as a ghost. <laughs> my buddy just looked at me like, he, like he's my friend now, but he just looked at me. He's like, dude i just scored (laughs) and i had no idea what was
0: going on (laughs) it was
1: so embarrassing you know
0: yeah as embarrassing as that is though that was probably like really good information for them right did they fix that in the game or did they change it
1: well now it's like so the mode that we were playing it was showing off all the new technical features right but it's like it's something that the game will just implement if you go offside a lot it's just like you should learn how to play the game okay Plus, like I think I was saying, like skating was a joke and all the goalie animation, like, because you can score the same goal all the time. And he actually explained to me why that happens, but that's for a different podcast. Huh. Yeah. So those are like two of my favorite convention stories just because they're like very, like, one's very good and one's very evil. But the experience is like, I'll, I'll never take away. Like, I remember playing even the division for the first time. And I was like this guy was like standing in the middle so there was like it was four on one side and four on the other and he was like explaining how the game was going and you were like playing a multiplayer feature that never actually happened with the division but he was like explaining how it worked it was very very cool but um I, I wanted to ask you now that all the shows are over and we want E3 to stay around was there anything that like really stood out like i was really hoping to see something from bethesda this year even even if it was like an apology for fallout <laughs> um but they're just they're hiding somewhere i i don't know what
0: yeah um i i would say like i don't know
1: what's There's his name Tim
0: howard so much damn i can't remember what his name is ron howard no that's a. Todd Howard. Todd Howard, all- the, the, the
1: the beautiful man-child who makes broken games.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like okay, what's your what what are you looking forward to the most?
1: Um, the three titles I'm looking the most forward to are Watchdog Legions. Now, I know I said in the Ubisoft presentation that I was skeptical by it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm very interested in the concept of continually being able to build out your own team and changing the mechanics of your team, Mm -hmm. I think that could be really cool. So I'm still, I'm very hopeful about that one. Um, Halo Infinite, because, duh. And then the last one that I threw on my list, and like, I think it was actually the first thing I wrote down, because it's the thing that stuck with me the most, was Avowed. It, there's just something about how magical and mysterious that game was that I I'd need to see more. I want to play it. I mm-hmm. want to explore that world.
0: How about you? I, I would say that out of all of them, Avowed is the one that really stood out to me because I think that um, it's gonna be, it's going to be something that makes Bethesda kind of step up their game with Skyrim. Or like or sorry, Elder Elder Scrolls, um, because it's it's designed by it is it Obsidian? Yep, yeah. So Obsidian did the Fallout games, or they did Fallout New Vegas, um, Oblivion, and Oblivion, right? And they did uh, the Outer Worlds, which is you know a very it a very, a very w- well what is it? Um,
1: well received title, well received I mean- game. One Um, game of the year by some people. Yeah.
0: So I'm really interested to see what they can do with it because I find that Obsidian and and they've done other games as well. Lots of RPGs and stuff like that. They, they, the, um, like more like classic RPGs and stuff like that. Um, but I think that they, because they are not tied down to Bethesda and the whole Todd Howard or whatever his name is, Um, you know, not having to stick with what the elder scrolls series has um, established and fallout and whatnot. They can really do some new and exciting things. So I'm, I'm interested to see, obviously it's going to be very similar to elder scrolls and on all that, but I'm interested to see what they do with their universe and, and what they create. Um, I'm gonna say the one that I'm least excited for is Madden 21. <laughs> um no, I would say the next thing that I, I'm really interested in is uh that grounded game. Yeah. Because also Obsidian. Yeah, because it 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 looks different in the sense that it doesn't seem like like everything nowadays is a lot of these like um team based co op games are shooters, right? And when you look at it, fundamentally, it's the same thing. Either your team based shooters um, or like wave, you know, I don't know what they're called. Wave shooters is what we're calling them. You know, it's all the same thing. You're fighting off against zombies or other teams and it's all like military or sci-fi and stuff. This is a unique take on that concept where your kids that are shrunken down you know, honey, I Drunk my kids, the video game kind of thing. Um, it, it looks really interesting. I know like right now it's on a like game preview or something like that. So I actually haven't played it yet. I just uh, got to the point in my summer where I don't have to worry about too much stuff. So I have more free time to play that. So I'm going to check that out. But I'm really excited to see how that one progresses and where that grows, because I think the small person um, concept, tiny people, can be expanded to lots of different environments that we haven't really explored, right? And then I would say the third game, you know, it's been in the talks for quite some time, but I am still very excited for it, uh, is Cyberpunk 2077. I pre-ordered that game like two years ago and haven't, you know, thought twice about it. You know, a lot of times I'll pre-order a game and then like... You know, a few months down the road, I'll like hum and haw about it. Be like, yeah, maybe I'll just wait for it to go on sale uh, or see what it's like after, you know, reviews and stuff like that. But no, I'm 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 pretty excited for this one. I from what I've seen so far, um, I still like the uh, the idea of it. I think they're doing a good job at building the game up to be something It's going to be massive. That's for sure.
1: It's still going to be only single
0: player, though. That's OK.
1: Yeah, as as I said and I've uh I've advocated time and time again, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is gonna be the game you're playing when you're not playing Warzone, Fortnite, Apex Legends, NHL, Madden, or whatever else you play multiplayer with your boys or girls.
0: So I guess I'm gonna be playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven a lot.
1: Yeah, but like when you're not playing multiplayer games with people.
0: So pretty much a lot.
1: Okay. <laughs> um I will say, just to close off this topic, we have a few more things to go before we wrap. David and I thought long and hard about it, and the overall winner for all the presentations and everything we saw with the slightest margin of win will be EA. Microsoft. Wait, <laughs> No, it's too late. No, um, it will be Microsoft solely based on Game Pass Ultimate. And that, like, for all the games that each developer showed, especially when you get down to Sony versus Microsoft and who's going to sell what console, it's still too early to tell what way the console war is going to go. But Sony took a major hit by essentially not, like, by essentially Microsoft offering all its first-party content. Mm Mm-hmm. For the price of 150 to 170 dollars, depending on what country you live in. Now the now the big question,
0: yeah, the big question now is who is going to reveal the release date of their console first? And it it release date or price they go hand in hand. You can't have a release date without a price, right?
1: I'm still going with my uh, the Xbox is being released the same day as Cyberpunk 2077. But until
0: until they officially say so, we don't know. But who's going to who's going to take the shot first? I think they're Uh, both waiting for each other.
1: Aaron Burr took the shot first and he killed Alexander Hamilton. Spoiler alert. I saw the play and it's in the song. Uh, (laughs) Want to talk about movies for a few
0: minutes? Sure. What's coming out in uh, August?
1: Uh, There's three movies coming out in August to cinemas because theaters are open again. A lot of things have moved right to um, Netflix, so we're not going to cover that. Uh, We've got Antebellum, which is going to be a horror movie. Um, It stars some great people like Jenna Malone and Janelle Janelle Monae. Looks pretty scary. I saw the trailer. I don't really like to watch scary movies unless it's cold in October. The next movie we got coming out is The New Mutants, which is a spinoff from the X-Men series, and it stars the adorable Maisie Williams and Charlie Heaton. This movie could be very interesting. Charlie Heaton, of course, you know from Stranger Things, and well, Maisie Williams is Arya Stark, and she's just a brilliant girl person. Mm. Uh, The final thing coming out to theaters, which I mean, okay is the personal history of David Copperfield. And that's only releasing in the United States. So we don't have a lot coming out, but at least we have something. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed was the one and only Ivan was removed from cinemas and put on to Disney Plus, And Mulan's been pushed back again. So I think we're looking at September, October for Mulan. Wonder Woman was also so, uh, supposed to be in August and it got pushed back to October.
0: Okay, so what about I'm, Tenet?
1: I didn't actually I, I didn't even highlight that one. Let me uh let me pull it real quick. Uh
0: you yeah, Tenet. Tenant T T net. Aaron Tyler Johnson, John David
1: Washington, and Robert Pattinson. Michael Caine. this is a big cast.
0: Yeah, isn't that that new movie by Christopher Nolan? It is.
1: Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. How did I miss this? Wait, hold on. It It came
0: out in India on July 17th. So that means we could already watch it.
1: (laughs) Um, Armed with only one word, tenant, and fighting for survival for the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold into something beyond real time. Sign me up. I like it.
0: Wait, you haven't seen the trailer for that? Nope.
1: Dude, Until like three days ago, I haven't watched cable. And I watched cable because baseball and hockey came back.
0: Oh, true. I have
1: not watched any TV. And like, I'm not seeking out trailers. Like, I'll see trailers on like Twitter and stuff.
0: So you want want to hear something funny?
1: Always. I love a good joke.
0: So all of the actors and actresses that you mentioned that are in these movies coming out in August of 2021. 2020. This month, next month. Uh, Shot these
1: movies a year ago.
0: I have, um, I have no idea who any of them are.
1: <laughs> you don't know who Michael Caine is?
0: No. He's Alfred. I. <laughs> uh, I, which one?
1: Uh, the Nolan Alfred.
0: I thought his name was Michael.
1: No. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael oh, Kane, out of all of them, you okay, that's know. the only
0: one I know. Everyone else, I don't you, even know. You, you didn't watch Game of Thrones? No, I I didn't. I did not.
1: Okay, yeah. you don't know who Aaron Tyler Johnson is? No, no idea. Okay, do you know? So he was like kick ass and he was um like, Quicksilver. So, so these movies, the and some,
0: oh, uh, wait, he was in Avengers. Who's Quicksilver? Yeah, he was
1: Petro in Age of Ultron. He gets shot.
0: I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. I've seen these movies or I've heard of these movies, but I don't pay attention enough to the the actors. If I like were to see them, I would probably recognize them.
1: Okay, but you don't even know who Robert Pattinson is.
0: Okay, well, there's two. That's it. But that's like that's not even like ten percent of the number of actors that you've mentioned.
1: How do you not know who Michael Caine is? I'm so embarrassed by you right now.
0: Who is like is he famous or something? He's super famous. Well, I've never heard of him. Okay, he, here are some of the movies he's
1: been in. Now You See Me 1 and 2. I never seen them. Oh god, you suck. The Last Witch Hunter. Never seen it. Kingsman: The Secret Service.
0: Never seen it. No, I saw that one, but who is he?
1: He's Alfred in The Dark Knight, Batman Begins. He's Alfred he is the butler in the Christopher Nolan movies. He's in Inception.
0: Yeah, no, no idea.
1: Are Are you kidding me right now? If I yeah, send you a picture uh, <laughs> of Michael Keaton,
0: I'm obviously kidding. I know who Michael Keaton is. I said Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton is
1: Batman. Yeah. Oh, David's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is Michael uh, Kane. Make this your phone's background.
0: Oh, uh, no.
1: All right. Um I wanted to quickly 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 talk about a movie I watched that did really well in film festivals called Palm Springs. Have you heard of it?
0: Uh is Michael Keaton in it? Michael <sighs> Kane.
1: Who are we talking about?
0: JK Simmons is in it. Don't know who he is.
1: Sandberg and Kristen Chris
0: Oh, is that the one where he goes back and like he's in like a time loop?
1: Yes, it was very, very good. Does it? I'm not. It looks good. I'm, I'm not going to ruin it. Um, we ended up using a little VPN switcherooiness because it's only available on Hulu. Um, but we watched it, and we went in trying to keep our expectations incredibly low. Like we're big. Like, we both love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love The Lonely Island. So, I'm a huge Andy Sandberg fan. This was more of a serious role for him with comedy, of course. But this was more of a. Like, this was a, entered into film festivals. So, like, I didn't know what I was going to get out of Andy Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Malotti, she's been in a lot of stuff recently. Um, she's well known for being the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, she was in The Wolf of Wall Street, Fargo. These are all big movies that you haven't seen. I'm just trying to help you out. She's been in a lot of television shows and stuff like that. So, we went into it and we were like, "Okay, what is this going to be like?" And it was delightful the entire time. That is the best way I can put it. It was funny. It was on point. It was very it was very unique to the situation that the it was a ti- like it was a time loop movie. It was like your groundhog days or your 51st days. Like you knew what was going to happen because it was a time loop movie, but you didn't see like, you didn't expect how it was going to unfold. The other um, big actress that would be in it was Camila Mendez from like the Riverdales and stuff. So like it had somebody for everyone, but I encourage you all to watch it. If you want to watch it alone, great. If you want to watch it on a date, I did. I encourage it. It was a very, very good date movie. We had
0: six feet away from each other when you're watching it, please.
1: Yeah, we 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 really enjoyed it. And we think you guys will as well.
0: Have you seen the wrong
1: Missy? No, apparently that movie is awful.
0: No, it was actually pretty good.
1: So I've heard that it's just like terrible.
0: It's a David Spade movie. It's it's you know, it's like the typical it's a comedy. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's it's a fun movie. So the cool thing about that movie is that I watched it in my backyard on a hundred and ten inch screen while having a campfire? That makes no sense. But continue. Yeah. So I uh, I told you I bought a projector, right? Yeah, I know you yeah. did another bad thing. Yeah, that was a while ago. So um, you know I got uh, I have a hundred and ten inch screen projector screen that you get set up for outside use, and my brother and sister in law, my sister, my girlfriend my sister's boyfriend my mom we all kind of got together one day one nice friday warm friday evening set up a nice fire in our backyard i set up the screen and the projector and we watched this movie in our backyard um you know kind of a weird movie to watch with your mother there because there are some scenes in that that were like okay um but overall i thought it was like i i genuinely laughed out loud during that movie it's it's I don't know. It, it looked like it was, you know, it has its typical, you know, you know how the movie's going to end halfway through it kind of thing. But it didn't make it any less of an enjoyable movie. It's not something that you're going to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to take this, like, I need to watch this movie. You know, it's just a fun, lighthearted comedy that, you know, I'm in a good mood. I want to watch a movie. Don't want to watch something too serious. Don't want to watch something like really stupid funny, like a Will Ferrell kind of stupid movie. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It it really felt like a kind of a classic comedy. You know, like Billy Madison kind of. Did you like Billy Madison?
1: Uh who is in Billy Madison? Oh,
0: shut up. You know who's in Billy oh, Madison.
1: Oh, but it's okay for you to
0: do. <laughs> uh, because it's, it's funny it's, I don't know. It's um Michael Keaton in that one? I don't know. Anyways, um so it, it feels like more of a, a comedy from you know the mid nineties, early two thousands kind of thing.
1: You should check it, out. Yeah, check it out.
0: Yeah. And I, I'll have to check out Palm Springs.
1: All right. Um, quickly let's go through the games of the month and then we are out of here for all you fine cool cats and kittens. What's some good
0: um, movies or sorry, good games coming out this month. Cause there's quite a bit, but we're going to just touch so on the, uh, the key ones, right?
1: We talked about fast and the furious crossroads at the, uh, throughout the show, uh, it's still an interesting title to me. I'm going to give it uh review bargain bin. Fairly straightforward. It kind of looks like it doesn't belong on this generation, but maybe that's what the full update's for.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, probably bargain bin that one.
1: Um, this one's a little bit different for us because like, we don't typically talk PC-based games only, but the F- Microsoft Flight Simulator looks incredible.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's um, I'm actually pretty excited for this one.
1: I'm sure it'll blow up my computer.
0: Oh yeah, I don't even know if my computer will run it. My good computer. Um, no the the Microsoft Flight Simulator games have always been very accurate. Um, this one, if you've seen any of like the videos, even some of like the small clips, like I saw a clip of someone flying, and there was a thunderstorm in the distance, and the detail in the clouds and lightning and the rain and all that stuff it was crazy so yeah that's um you know if i can run it on my computer i would probably get that at launch the
1: only thing is like i heard rumbling said it was gonna drop on xbox but i'm guessing that means it's gonna be on series x probably um you marked down on this list cupid parasite do you know much about it for the Nintendo Switch?
0: I'm sorry, I did not mark that down at all.
1: Oh, it's an accidental highlight. Yeah, but nobody it is a visual novel from the Idea Factory, and I'm just going <laughs> to put a hard pass on that. Yeah, going call me daddy.
0: Yeah, no, D- dream daddy. <laughs> Actually, uh, speaking of which, uh, dream daddy was a free game on Twitch Prime. Of course. Yeah, well, we're going to have to do like a, a playthrough of that we'll get together when the, the we'll send the girls off on like a shopping spree or something like that, you know, just give them like a prepaid credit card with like a hundred bucks on it so that they don't go too crazy. Um, so and, we can play. <laughs> and then we'll play dream daddy. And then they'll come home and they'll be like, Hey, we're back. We look at all the stuff that we bought. What are you guys doing? And then we'll be discussing on like how to seduce the, the soccer <laughs> dad or something like that.
1: Maybe if we just offer him a drink first. Um, next game on the list comes out on the 21st of August. I'm super excited for this title. I'm not usually jacked up for a golf game, but PGA tour 2K 21 is coming out. 2K sports has put a ton of time and effort into this game and the trailer shows the one thing that I love the most about this title coming out is it's going to be very customizable, but it's also going to be kind of a create your own journey, much like the NBA 2K uh, games. It's going to be very driven to how you both play the game and the decisions you make. So as an example, if you want Callaway to be your sponsor, but you don't perform, Callaway will revoke its sponsorships. I think that's really cool. It's very, very simulation based, which I like. It's going to have an arcadey feel as well because you're still playing golf. This one for me, I'm very high on. Uh, I might actually purchase it on launch. I, I I mean I could wait it out till November, but November you don't really feel like golf. It's summer. It's a summery type of game. But I'm definitely on uh I'm on the launch spring for that guy.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna buy
1: that. That's fair.
0: <laughs> uh, Will you? Go, sorry, same, go ahead. Same day though. Samurai Jack Battle Through Time comes out. This is a pretty big, big game. No. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, yeah I was gonna say
0: he keeps getting games, so I think that's really. Great. The last Samurai Jack game games. Let me check this out. When was the last Samurai Jack games? Forever ago. Yeah, forever ago. Uh, so this this game, though, the big thing is that it um, a lot of the, the original voice actors have come back and repraised their role. It It's always a fun little
1: game. Like, it's not a huge game, but it's a fun game.
0: 2003. I don't know. That's just a game that came out for Samurai Jack.
1: And I mean, like didn't Samurai Jack become popularized through adult swim?
0: Yes. If I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this one's going to be, if I can get it for free, I will definitely play it or a bargain winner. It just seems like something that I'm, I'm going to play once or twice, get bored of it and put it down. Like okay, there's so some games like that, but
0: Samurai Jack, the shadow of a coup came out on the GameCube and PlayStation 2 in 2004. It was three years after the season, the series was completed. Oh, the third game. Uh, Oh, yeah. So the series just finished. Three years ago, and then the third game, Battle Through Time, was announced for release in 2020. So it's been uh, just over 15 years since the Samurai Jack game. Okay, it's crazy. And like with, I think the the big thing for this is that um, it is uh, going to kind of um, work directly in conjunction with the season finale, like with the end of the series. And like I said, all of like the or the, the original voice actors are back.
1: Oh, this sounds like a launch title if I've ever heard one from you.
0: No, I probably will just buy it bargain bin or something like that. I've never seen Samurai Jack.
1: What about uh, that tasty little treat that's coming out on the 27th?
0: Uh, Which one is that? Final
1: Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition.
0: Yeah, so this is pretty cool. Uh, You didn't know this, but the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles was a game for the GameCube and it was the first Square Enix game on a Nintendo console since the uh, Super Nintendo because after the Super Nintendo, There was, um, I guess, I don't know, bad blood between Nintendo and um, between Nintendo and Square Enix. The PlayStation was a more powerful system. Um, And so for many, many years, Square Enix only released games on Sony consoles, PlayStation, PSP, stuff like that. Uh, So when I remember watching E3 that year and seeing the announcement for crystal chronicles and it was a big deal because it was the first final fantasy game on a nintendo console for a while but this game was really unique it was more of a top-down action rpg but you could play four players at once um but in order to do that you needed this was stupid you needed the game boy advance link cable right so that you could use your game boy advance as the controller and play on your system Right. It was cool because it kind of like, and this is where Nintendo kind of got that dual screen kind of concept, which we now see with, uh, or we saw with um, the Wii U, and which then has now progressed to the uh, Nintendo switch, but you would use the Game Boy Advance to manage your inventory and stuff like that. You could go into um, like different areas and stuff like that. And you'd see all that stuff on the game, Game Boy Advance screen which is pretty cool. But yeah, like that's a pretty sweet um, release, but that's coming out for Nintendo switch, PS4 and mobile. So, and I I guess that's cross platform as well. Like play. I'd I'd have to double check on that one, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was.
1: It's coming out for everything, but the Xbox, do you know what is coming out for the Xbox though? Also on the 27th. chapter one of tell me why the game that we kind of contemplated back and forth, a little bit over the xbox um presentation this game will be free for anybody with game pass so check it out if you can mm-hmm. um don't know what the price point going to be on it i still as much as i know it's going to be free i still will look for a review before i consider playing it
0: yeah uh, i don't know i i might maybe if i'm bored one day i'll just download it and play it
1: Man, is everything coming out on... Oh, sorry, that's the 28th. We have Jump Force Deluxe Edition moving to the Nintendo Switch. It's been released for the Xbox and the PS4. Um, With the Joy-Con drift, I don't think this will be a great game unless you have a pro controller, but to each his own. It's a pretty heavy button masher. I'd like to try it, especially if they're going to offer... Like, I'd actually like to see it on the Switch because it's a pretty beautiful game if you look on the PS4 and the Xbox.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I probably wouldn't pick it up for the Switch, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> Madden NFL 21. Oh,
0: well, we ready. all know that John's going to get that game. I'm surprised you uh, haven't like infiltrated their offices and took the Master Disc or something by now.
1: Um, I have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. I'm excited for a new sports game this year. This is going to be one of the first games that Microsoft has on smart delivery. Actually, I think it is the first title that they've guaranteed smart delivery for since all these presentations have started. And we're going to see kind of what the new engine that EA has for these games looks like. Even on the regular Xbox One and the PS4, you're still going to get new engine Gameplay, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. um Finally, on I guess the last game of the month that we're looking at is Project Cars 3, Project Cars 2, and Project Cars 1 have been the same. They're very solid racing sims. This one's done by Bandai, so it's a, just a different brand of racing. The one thing about Project Cars that makes it kind of different is the way its sims are. It's not as hardcore as Forza, uh, Forza or Gran Turismo, but it's also not as arcadey as some of like your Top Gear rallies or your your dirts or your
0: Forza Horizons. Right. So
1: it's that kind of nice middle ground for a game, which I like. That one again is a bargain binner. I'll I'll always play a part uh, Project's Cars. I like racing games. They're fun. They're mindless fun, which is good. You don't have to really.
0: Yeah, I like. I'll probably play it if it's given away for free or something like that at some point the one thing I will say
1: about mindless racers is if you've played the newest need for speed, uh, need for speed heat. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to win races anymore, man. You just have to do well. (laughs) Like it, it just rewards you for playing the game.
0: Well, that's kind of like 2020 in a nutshell. But that's
1: also racing for real. You
0: did well enough, you know, good try. You can keep going.
1: But like, If you're in NASCAR, as an example, and you finished third, you're still getting paid and you still get to go to the next race. So I will say, I think racing game developers are getting a little bit more inventive and being like, you know what? It's okay if you finish fifth that race because you just have to get enough points to get to the next level. Very smart. True. Was there anything else you wanted to cover in the game realm today? Good, sir. Mm Hmm no <laughs> well i mean it's been a long run it was a it was a very informative show today i uh, i learned a lot i got to, i got to talk to one of my my great friends for an hour and 40 minutes about things that we're both passionate about and i think that uh that's what makes the podcast great and we get to talk to all you guys and uh i want to say thank you for listening Of course. And if you like what you're listening to, awesome. If you don't, we're sorry to hear that. Please check us out on Spotify, Apple music, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to find us. We are kicking around. We reactivated our Twitter. (laughs) We did. Yeah, I did.
0: (laughs) All right. We're on the Twitters too. The Twitters fee. Come tweet us.
1: (laughs) That is it for us guys. We hope you have a, a great week. Take it easy.
0: Peace.